Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, July 6th. The time is 7.01. And you are tuned in to the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this brief period of time. When we come together for prayer, supplication, intercession, and petition, On behalf of those of us who are parents or guardians of unsaved sons and daughters or backslidden sons and daughters, those who have wandered from the faith, this is a live podcast. Every Thursday we come together for mutual edification, mutual support, mutual encouragement, And we lift each other's burdens up before the Lord. Some of us have unsaved sons and daughters, and they have left home like the prodigal son. And we pray for them. We worry about them. Sometimes we have no knowledge as to where they are, who they're with, what they're doing. They may be in the next town. They may be up the street. They may be in a different state. You know the story of the prodigal son in the Gospel of Luke. The young man left home. And the father had no way of knowing where his son was. No cell phones. No instant messages. No emails. No phone booths. No way for the father to keep track of where his son was or find out if he was alive or dead or even sick. The son left home in rebellion only to return sometime later. We don't know how much time passed, but I do believe that the father and perhaps the mother, there's no mention of a mother in the story, but I'm sure the father, uh, the parents, and the relatives of this prodigal young man were praying and watching the road for the day when he would return home. And he was away for a while and partook of different activities and hung out with different people. And lo and behold, eventually, his wayward ways caught up with him. He realized the error of his ways. He realized that he had wandered away from his father and from the faith. And because of that, he was at the end of his rope. And he returned home to his father. And the father ran to him and embraced him. We praise God for praying, praying parents, You know, many of us have had sons and daughters who have returned to the faith. In my own situation, I have a son and a daughter, both adults, and both were wayward. They grew up in the church. My son recently accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior approximately three months ago after having a personal crisis, and him and I spoke in the driveway of my home, and we prayed. And he came to a saving knowledge of Christ, surrendering his life to him. 
And now that, that, that just leaves my daughter, who I am praying and fasting for, for her salvation as well. And so, again, we take the time every week at this 7 o'clock hour. We have a time of devotion, sharing of insights. This is a live podcast, and we invite you to be an active participant in this podcast. There is a phone icon if you're listening on the Podbean app where you can click on it. And if you want to share an insight, share a scripture, share a testimony, share a burden, share a prayer request, just click on that phone icon and we will patch you live on the air. We would love to hear from you. Or maybe you just want to type in a prayer request. Key it in and we'll see it on our screen. And when the time when we bring our petitions before the Lord comes up, we will lift up your request and bring it before the Lord for the deliverance and salvation of your prodigal, backslidden, or wayward son and daughter. That's the burden I have for my children. I'm sure it's the burden that you have for yours. But right now, before anything else, let's start our podcast off with a word of prayer. Please join me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this period of time when we can come together and lift each other up in prayer. Encouragement, mutual support, Father. Forgive us if there's anything we've said or done, any attitude we've had, any words we have spoken, any frame of mind that we've harbored. No matter what it is, Lord God, forgive us. Cleanse us from our sin. So we can come before you and our prayers will not be hindered. But more than that, our fellowship with you will not be hindered. And we thank you for the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. We ask that you bless this podcast, Lord. No matter who is listening, whether it's live or whether it's through a later download, bless the listener. Strengthen the parent of the prodigal right now who is burdened for the salvation of their loved one. Let this be a time of blessing for them. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to welcome listeners throughout the United States. We have listeners in a variety of states, actually. And I want to go down the line very quickly to acknowledge them. New York, California, Colorado and Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, and Georgia. We have listeners in Alabama, Maryland, and Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, West Virginia, New Jersey, and Montana, Illinois, Minnesota, Louisiana, New Hampshire, Oregon, Washington State, Rhode Island, Indiana, South Carolina, Arizona, Michigan, Iowa, and New Mexico. Internationally, we have listeners in Mexico, Canada, Australia, France, Uganda, Brazil, the United Kingdom, Bosnia, Herzegovina. And most recently, we have listeners in the Philippines. We welcome all of you. Because of time differences in different localities, for example, in the Philippines right now, Well, here it's 7.09. In the Philippines, it's my understanding that it's 
7.09 a.m. in the morning. And due to time differences, or maybe someone's working and they're not able to listen, people will be downloading this podcast and listening to it later on. That's fine. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, can work through a downloaded podcast. It doesn't have to be live. So if you download this later on, may the Spirit of God bless you and strengthen you and keep you and give you all the encouragement you need as you pray for the deliverance of your prodigal son and daughter. The title of tonight's devotional actually is one that I've gone over before, but because of discussions I've had with other parents who have told me that they feel strongly burdened for their unsaved sons and daughters, I want to go over it again. The title of tonight's podcast uh, devotional is 10 Reasons to Trust God with Your Prodigal Child. 10 Reasons to Trust God with Your Prodigal Child. And you know, sometimes it's very difficult to do that. I can only imagine, again, the father of the prodigal son, when the son left home, trusting God to care for and watch over the son who had left home. The father must have been tremendously burdened. There was nothing he could do to keep his son from leaving. So he had to place the prodigal, his son, in God's hands. Lord, Watch over my son as he leaves home. Bring him to his senses, committing everything to God to take care of the matter in his own way, in his own time. We all know the end of the story. The prodigal returned home. Ten reasons to trust God with your prodigal child. Well, you know, there are a few passages in scripture that people can relate to more than the parable of the prodigal son. It's a story of selfishness, squandering, despair, love, hope, forgiveness, and restoration. And at some point in the story of this young man turning away from his father, we can find a nugget of ourselves between the lines. I myself, maybe many of us have been prodigals ourselves. I myself came from a home. My parents were not believers. They became believers years down the line, several years ago before they passed away. And they're with the Lord. Their names are written in the book of life, praise God. But I came from a non-Christian home. And I had cousins and relatives who were praying for my deliverance and salvation. So many of us perhaps were prodigals. And we didn't want to listen to the things of God and had no interest in them. And most may relate to the young son. I know I do. I was 16 when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You know, when we consider that with every prodigal child, we have to remember that there's also a parent who's praying and waiting, myself included, and you as well, most likely. And the ache of watching children make wrong choices is agonizing. Parents powerlessly watch as their children suffer the consequences of their own actions. Like the father in the parable, the only thing that we can do is wait patiently and watch the road for the child's silhouette to appear on the road. My God, when that happens, what a day of rejoicing that is. The good news of this parable is that it ends with reconciliation, restoration, 
and rejoicing. Prodigal children are in God's hands, and he can care for them. We have to commit them into the Lord's hands, and that's not an easy thing to do many times. The hope of their return is anchored in God's grace and love and our complete confidence that the Lord will see them home. So here are 10 reasons why you and I can trust God with our prodigal children. Well, number one, God is a good father. God is a good father. You know, God loves all his children, including prodigal children. He wants the best for them. The father in this parable is presumed to represent God, who watches his children turn away and seek their own plans. As in the parable, some of God's children eventually return, and he welcomes them with kindness and mercy. You know, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 3 says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will bring my people Israel and Judah back from captivity and restore them to the land I gave their ancestors to possess, says the Lord. In other words, like the father in the story of the prodigal son, God himself will run to greet you and gives them a new robe and a new ring and throws a celebration. There is joy in the presence of the angels. When a sinner repents, our prodigal children, God is a good father. He wants your prodigal to come to the foot of the cross. The second reason is God is always watching our children. God is always watching our children. In his omnipresence, that is, he is everywhere. God is watching our children. He's aware of their needs, their struggles, and their heartaches. We may not know where our prodigal children are or who they're with and what they're doing, but God does. You know, in the story of Hagar in the Old Testament, Hagar runs away from her master and finds herself in a desperate situation. And Hagar is alone with her infant son and frightened. But God sends an angel to tell her that he hears and sees her despair. And she calls him the God who sees. Genesis chapter 16 Verses 7 through 14 records that story. Take courage in knowing that in the same way God saw Hagar, God is watching over your prodigal son and daughter. He knows where they are and he knows what they're doing. And he will protect them. He would also do what's necessary to bring them back to you to make sure they're back on the road. We need to trust him. Reason number three but we can trust our prodigal children to God, is that God has good plans for our children. God has good plans for our children. You know, the prophet Jeremiah warned the Israelites of the consequences of their sin, and yet they did not repent, and they were exiled. And then while they were living in exile, God sent them a message through the prophet Jeremiah, telling his people to take heart, make the best of the circumstances, and endure because he had plans for them in the future. The prophet Jeremiah told them that God would return them from exile and they would prosper and have hope in a future. Our Heavenly Father has the same plans for our wayward sons and daughters to return them home, not to harm them, but to give them hope in a future. The way they return home may hurt. and God may need to do what's necessary to bring them to their knees in repentance, to bring them to the end of themselves. It's a scary thing to tell God, Lord, do what it takes to save my son and daughter. 
but God can be trusted. He is faithful. He'll protect your prodigal son and daughter, but we need to commit them to his hands to do what is necessary to break the stubborn will and soften the hardened heart. Reason number four, we can trust our prodigal sons and daughters in God's hands is God protects our children. God protects our children. Parents pray many things over their children and protection is always at the top of the list. Our imaginations conjure up so many fearful situations. Our Heavenly Father is also concerned with protecting. You know, to Joshua, as he was about to cross the Jordan into the Promised Land, he says, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, God tells the Israelites, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. With God as our helper, there is assurance that wayward children are under his protection. Sometimes I state during our podcast that some of our prodigal sons and daughters may be incarcerated, and we worry about them in those dangerous environments. And we have to trust that the Lord will protect them and look over them. God will watch over your prodigal son and daughter. Reason number five, God gives more than a second chance. God gives more than a second chance. God doesn't just offer second chances. He gives 100 chances, a million chances. Whatever it takes to restore the relationships with his children. Consider Jonah, the prophet, charged with preaching to his enemy, but who instead turns and runs away. And there were consequences for his disobedience, but the Lord gave him a second chance. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1 through 2, we read, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim it, the message I give to you. We can be confident that just as Jonah got another chance, God is offering the same grace to prodigal sons and daughters. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is not giving up on your prodigal son and daughter. We shouldn't give up on them, and we definitely shouldn't give up on God. Reason number six. Reason number six. God is fighting for our children. God is fighting for our children. The battle for our prodigal children is being fought in heavenly realms, and God is the mighty warrior. He's with our sons and daughters, and he fights to save them. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17 says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. The world may entice our children, but we know that God will defeat these strongholds. The weapon of prayer is mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And we can trust that God will take care of our prodigal sons and daughters. He is fighting for them. This is a spiritual battle, and it is a fight to the death. And again, I say the weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. But what does that mean? That's for another devotion, perhaps next week. Number seven, God is sovereign over everything. God is sovereign over everything. God created the world and everything in it, and he rules over his creation. Nothing happens that is out of his knowledge or control. 
Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And because of this, we know that the paths forged by our prodigal children are within God's control. And in his time, in his purpose, and in his way, our prodigal will be rescued and return. Number eight, God is not surprised by the choices of our prodigals. God is not surprised by the choices that our prodigals make. There is not a day that unfolds that God has not already experienced, and there is nothing we do that God doesn't already know will happen. Before words cross our lips, God knows our thoughts. Psalm 139, verse 4. And God is not surprised by what we or our children do, because he sees the future. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Our assurance rests in trusting that God knows the future of our children and that his plans will prevail. Reason number nine, God is faithful to forgive. God is faithful to forgive. That's an important one. Prodigal children need forgiveness. And God promises that if we confess our sins, they will be forgiven. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God for that. This parable is a beautiful picture of that kind of mercy. Once the sun is visible in the distance, the father of the prodigal son runs to welcome him home and celebrates his return. There is no condemnation, no grudges, no I told you so's only embracing forgiveness and love. Wow. In the same way God promises to forgive wayward children, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. Mothers and fathers can be confident that God forgives prodigal children and erases their transgressions if they return to him. And reason number 10. Reason number 10, and this is another big one, why we can trust God with the salvation of our prodigals, why we can trust God in placing our complete trust in God, giving our prodigals to him. Reason number 10, God desires reconciliation and rejoicing. God desires reconciliation and rejoicing. Christ came that we would be reconciled to God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, Paul writes that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. In the parable of the lost coin in the book of Luke, that appears in Scripture just before the parable of the prodigal son, there is much rejoicing when the owner finds the lost coin. And in the same way, God in the heavens above also rejoice when one prodigal child is reconciled and returns home. Like the father in the parable, he runs down the road to greet him with open arms. Parents and family of prodigal sons and daughters, rest in the assurance that God is working through this season of your child's life. While you wait for their restoration, 
and their return to love and safety. We can trust God's faithfulness. We need to continue to pray without ceasing. And I'll conclude this particular devotion with the same thing I say at the end of every podcast. We need to wait for their restoration, trusting the Lord that he will protect them and save them. The word of God says that God does not delight in the death of the wicked. He is willing that all should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He is not willing that any should perish. Pray without ceasing. Fasting and praying. And watching the road. Because if we trust in the Lord and place our complete confidence in him, they will be on it. Thank God for a God who loves our prodigals, is not willing that they should perish, but that they should come to repentance and will rejoice when they fall on their knees and accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Their names will be written in the book of life. I thank God that my son accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and I'm spending time trying to disciple him. I spend time praying with him and reading God's word. He was in my home this afternoon, and him and I shared a psalm together. I believe it was Psalm 25, and we prayed. We prayed scripture, and right now my son's going through a particular situation, and I told my son that he needs to commit everything to God's hands. The Lord wants to be first in his life. You know, I said last week that many people invite Christ into their life. But you know, that's not what that's not what God wants. He doesn't want you to invite him into your life. He wants to be your life. He wants to be in control of your life. I can invite you into my home. But it doesn't mean you own my home or are in charge of my home. I can invite you into my car. But it doesn't mean the car is yours. You're a passenger. When you come to my home, you're a guest. No. If you come to my home and I sign over the deed to my home to you, then the home is yours. If I ask you to come into my car and I sign the title over to you, then the car becomes yours and you become the driver. The Lord Jesus Christ does not want to be a guest in your home or a passenger in your car. He wants the title to your home, the deed to your home, and the title to your car. He wants to own your life. He wants to own your car. He wants to be in the driver's seat. And so inviting Christ into your life is not the same thing as inviting Christ to be your life and surrendering fully to him. We pray that our prodigal sons and daughters will fall on their knees and fully surrender and hand over their lives to Jesus Christ, admitting their need for a savior, confessing their sins, and surrendering completely and unconditionally. Jesus Christ came that we may have life and have it abundantly. That's what the Lord wants for our prodigal sons and daughters, to have abundant life. That's not to say that everything will be easy. In this world, ye shall have tribulation, but Jesus Christ has overcome the world. 
So let us continue to pray and fast and seek the Lord for the deliverance and salvation of all of our unsaved, wayward, prodigal sons and daughters. They will come to Christ. Well, we've reached the halfway mark of our podcast, and at this time, we break into a musical interlude and listen to some godly music. So at the end of our musical interlude, we will return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Listen and be blessed. We'll be right back.
draw me close to you. Never let me go.
Well, I pray that that musical interlude was a blessing to you. We're back with the second half of the parent for this time of sharing, prayer, intercession, and supplication. We're going to be entering our time of prayer based on the requests that we have before us for several unsaved sons and daughters that we have parents that are requesting prayer for. You know, it's interesting. I'm going to read a passage here, Psalm number 2. Psalm 2, and I'll be reading verses 1 through 3. Why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed ones, saying, Let us break their chains and let us throw off their shackles. You know, back in ancient times, whenever a new king was placed in position and about to take over, many people saw that as an opportunity in that transitional period of time to try to overthrow the king, maybe assassinate him or break away from the kingdom. Many times they would plot and plan before the new king takes charge, coming up with plans and plots on how they can overthrow his authority, breaking any shackles or chains of serving him. That's figurative language that's used in that psalm. And it's unfortunate that many of our prodigal sons and daughters view serving the Lord the same way. They don't want to serve the Lord. They don't want to surrender their life to Christ. They don't want to admit their need for a Savior. All those catchphrases, admission, need, surrender, serve, submit, all those are very distasteful words to many prodigal sons and daughters because they want to live their own lives and be in charge of their own lives. God has given us all free will, but it's unfortunate that they view serving the Lord as being bondage, slavery, something that's burdensome. Jesus Christ promises freedom from sin, deliverance, and he promises abundant life. He doesn't promise an easy life. In this world we shall have tribulation. But he said to be of good cheer, that we, he has overcome the world. And again, it's very sad that our prodigal sons and daughters say things like, leave me alone, get off my back, stop bothering me. I want to do my own thing, live my own life. But I've often said it many times. And it is appointed unto once for men to die. And after this, the judgment. The next event on the prophetic biblical calendar is the event called the rapture. The taking away, the snatching up of those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. This world will not go on as it is. There will be a time of judgment. The Word of God says in Thessalonians that the Lord will return and take up all believers, 
all those who have surrendered their life to Christ, those who have accepted Christ and are in their graves will be taken up into the clouds, and those of us who are alive will be taken up as well. And the purpose of that is to remove us from this world that will be facing a period and time of judgment. It sounds incredible. Many people don't believe it. They say it's a fairy tale. But the rapture is an actual event that is really going to happen. It could happen tonight. We want our prodigals not to be left behind to face the judgment of God. And so we will pray for their deliverance and salvation. And now is that time when we will come before the throne of grace and present our requests to the Lord. We have several requests, and there is still time to get your request in. If you want to key it in, we will see it on our screen. And some of these requests we have prayed for several times over. And we bring them before the Lord again. Persistency, consistency, and perseverance in prayer is necessary. And that's what we do every week. Some of these requests we repeatedly pray for. And we're going to keep praying for them until the answer comes. Our first requests are for two young men. We've prayed for them. We've been praying for these two young men for quite a while. Both of them will have the name of Joshua. One of these young men named Joshua accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior a while back. He was in bondage to substance abuse. But the Lord delivered him and he accepted Christ. And of course, the enemy's trying to destroy him and lure him back. So we're going to pray for Joshua's perseverance in the faith. The other name young man named Joshua is a young man who is struggling also with substance abuse, but as far as I know, he has not accepted Christ. And we'll be praying for his salvation as well. So touch and agree with me. Both these young men named Joshua. Father, we thank you and praise you for both these young men with the godly name of Joshua. We lift up in prayer Joshua, who surrendered his life to you, Lord God, renouncing the old way of life. His name is now written in the book of life, Lord Jesus, and we thank you and praise you. We thank you for his deliverance and we thank you for his salvation, but there's more to be done, Lord God, because the enemy is at work trying to lure Joshua back into the world. He's not going to allow Joshua to remain in the faith. He's going to attack him. And so we lift up Joshua before you, my God, not just thanking you for his deliverance and salvation, but laying hold of it and praying for perseverance in the faith, strengthen his spirit, help him to continue to live a life worthy of his calling. Give him a hunger for your word. Make him a prayer warrior. Speak to him through the watches of the night. Let the meditation of his heart be only on you, Lord God. Help him to focus on you. Think of you, Heavenly Father. We pray the same thing for Joshua, Lord God, that you uttered to Joshua in the Bible. 
that the word of the Lord will not depart out of his mouth, but that Joshua will meditate therein day and night. And then he'll have success and prosper. Help Joshua to meditate on your word day and night, to be obedient to your word. We commit him into your hands, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. And we lift up the other young man, Joshua, who the enemy still has in bondage, tied up in a tent in his camp, Lord God. We pray for Joshua's deliverance. We step into the enemy's camp right now. This is a battle of the heavenly realms, and we just petition you, Lord God, deliver Joshua from the bondage of drugs and alcohol. Bring down the stronghold, the walls that are in front of him and all around him, Lord God. Tear down those walls. Deliver Joshua from the demonic stranglehold of drugs and alcohol. It poisons the mind into believing that it needs drugs to cope with life. It destroys the body and ravages it. Bring healing to his mind, Lord God. Bring healing to Joshua's mind so that he realizes he doesn't need drugs. He needs you, Lord Jesus. Heal the ravaged body that's affected by drugs. Let healing come to his body, Lord God. Do what it takes to save Joshua. We commit him into your hands and we thank you. We know the answer is coming. We don't know when, we don't know how, but we know it's coming. We commit him into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Every week we pray for these three young ladies and we're gonna pray for them again. We are not going to tire of praying for Gabby, Angela, and Valentina, three young women. The word of God says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is exactly what his agenda is for these three young women. And the parents of these three young women are praying for them as well. So we're gonna touch and agree for the parents of Gabby, Angela and Valentina. Father, you see these three young women, Lord God, and you see whatever it is that they're in bondage to. It could be depression, low self-esteem, maybe an emotional issue, maybe some negative experiences that are holding them in bondage, their minds and their hearts. It could be bitterness towards the church. It could be anger, a hardened heart that doesn't want to soften to the things of God. We lift up these three young ladies. We call them by name, Gabby, Angela, and Valentina. Lord, touch their hearts. Soften the hardened heart. Open the closed mind. Unstop the closed ears. Open the closed eyes so that they see truth. Deliver these three young ladies from the demonic enemy forces that are trying to destroy them, kill them. Bless these three young ladies. Let your hand be upon all three of them. Their parents are praying for them. Their parents love them. Their parents are burdened for them. Lord God, do what needs to be done. Do a miracle in the lives of Gabby, Angela, and Valentina. Whatever it is they're in bondage to, pull down the stronghold. Break the chain. Deliver them. 
And Lord, whatever vehicle you choose, it could be a Christian song that they listen to. It could be a friend of theirs who's a believer. Maybe it's someone who's witnessing to them. Even in their own home, it could be their parents living Christ, being salt and light before them, Lord God. You choose the method. You choose the time. Do what needs to be done as you see fit. Do when it needs to be done as you see fit. We commit these three young ladies into your hands for their deliverance and salvation. We thank you, Lord God. We know that we're going to get a testimony that these three young ladies have accepted you as their Lord and Savior. It's a matter of time. It may happen quickly. It may happen all three of them at the same time. We don't know, Lord God. You're in charge. We place all three in your hands. We trust them in your hands. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. A while back, we received a prayer request. Someone called in and said, pray for brothers Albert, Edwin, the children Ashley and Joshua, and husband Nelson. We don't know the details of what the situation is, but the request was brought to us, and we're going to lift it up before the Lord. God knows all things. We don't need to know everything. We may not know everything, but God does. Let's lift up this family. This petitioner's brothers, Albert and Edwin. Let's lift up this petitioner's children, Ashley and Joshua, and this petitioner's husband, Nelson. Father, you see this entire family, Lord God. You see Albert and Edwin, the children, Ashley and Joshua, and the husband, Nelson. You know what the situation is. You know what the problems are. You know where the needs are. You know what the strongholds are. We commit this family into your hands for deliverance and salvation. Whatever it is that the petitioner needs on behalf of these family members, bring it to pass, Lord God. We entrust all of them into your hands. We entrust Albert into your hands. Edwin, Ashley and Joshua, the children, we entrust husband Nelson into your hands. Do whatever needs to be done. If it's waywardness, restore it. If it's health, heal. If it's a, a mental or emotional issue, heal the mind. If it's spiritual backsliding, restore. If it's discouragement, encourage. If it's bondage, deliver. We commit this entire family into your hands, Lord God. Do what needs to be done. Honor this prayer, Lord God. You know what the need is. You know what the situation is. In Jesus' name we pray, Father God committing them into your hands. Amen. Every week, we pray for a dear sister in Christ who came to the Lord. This dear sister in Christ is the daughter of a dear brother in Christ, Jamie, and his lovely wife, my sister, India. Jamie and India have a daughter named China who was in bondage a while back. When this podcast first started, I do believe that China was the very first person that we started praying for. And she's also the first person who accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior. God honors the prayers of parents. It happened. China accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And every week, 
we pray her strength in the Lord. China had a friend named Alexa, and Alexa came to Christ too, and we pray for her as well. It's a struggle for both of them, but let's lift them up in prayer. Father, we thank you and praise you for both China and Alexa, Lord God, that you saved them both and delivered them from whatever it was that they were in bondage to. You know the details, Lord. We praise you and thank you. You had mercy on them. Now their names are written in the book of life, Lord. They no longer walk in the counsel of the ungodly. They no longer stand in the way of sinners. And they no longer sit in the seat of mockers. But their delight is in your law. Now, Lord God, help them to meditate on your law day and night. And let this be so, so that both of them will be like trees planted by a river of water that bears fruit in season. Let both their lives bear fruit for you, Lord God. Let the fruits of the Spirit be manifest in both their lives. The enemy will try to make China and Alexa backslide, turn away from you, maybe through discouragement or anything else, Lord God. We commit China and Alexa into your hands. Make them both the women of God that you can, only you can turn them into, Lord God. Strengthen them, encourage them, Help them to stand firm. Like the word in Greek says, stekos, stand fast and hold your ground in the faith. Let this be true for both China and Alexa. Give them firm footing in the faith, a hunger for your word. Prayer warriors, bless them when they go to church and hear your word. Help them to live your word, read your word, meditate on your word, eat the scroll, Lord God. Feed them, keep them, protect them. Bind them close, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we thank you for China and Alexa. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for their parents, Lord God. Encourage the parents to stay strong. Amen. A while back, we received a prayer request. Someone named Joyce asked for a prayer for the granddaughter Layla to return to the Lord. We don't know what the circumstances were, but we're going to pray for Layla. Father, you see this young lady named Layla, Lord God, and I don't know what the reasons were for her turning away from the faith, Lord, but you see the heart. You know all things. Lord, if it was bitterness that make her unbitter, Maybe she had a bad experience in church. Maybe she's church hurt, Lord God. Heal the hurt. Help her to take her eyes off people. People will fail. You, Lord Jesus, are unchangeable. You are the good shepherd. So if it's bitterness or a bad experience, heal that, Lord God. If it's maybe seeing hypocrisy in the church, again, Lord God, Take Layla's eyes off anybody else and refocus them on you, Lord God. You're the one we should be focused on, Lord God. Restore Layla's faith. Maybe she was discouraged and doesn't believe anymore. Father, restore Layla's faith. Bring her back to you, Lord God. Help her to realize the enemy has kidnapped her and has her bound in his camp, Lord God. We just reach in 
And like Abraham entered the enemy's camp and rescued Lot, we reach in and rescue Layla from the enemy's camp. Restore her back to the faith, Lord God. Open up her eyes and let her return like the prodigal son. Put Layla back on the road. And like the prodigal son, Lord God, we read what it took. You brought him to the end of himself. If that's what it's going to take, Lord, you know what's best. We commit Layla into your hands. She is safe in your hands. You will do what's best. You will watch over her. Like the night's devotional said, Lord God, we can trust our prodigals in your hands. We trust Layla in your hands, God. Thank you for restoring her back to the faith. Thank you, Lord God, for the testimony that we know will come as she has returned to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We received a request two weeks ago. Somebody called in a request and just said, pray for new marriages. And I don't know what the circumstances are exactly. I can tell you this. And I don't want to divulge any details. I want to respect the confidentiality of those it refers to. But this prayer was answered recently. This prayer was answered recently. And we will continue to pray for new marriages. Touch and agree. Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord God, for new marriages, Heavenly Father. Lord God, we lift up, we lift up new marriages. First and foremost, the new marriages of believers, Lord God. The enemy wants to destroy the home. Again, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the enemy wants to destroy new marriages, new unions. He wants a compromise of fidelity in the home. He wants a compromise of love. He wants to destroy the unity of marriages. Lord, I pray for new marriages, Lord God. I pray that you are first and foremost in the home. Bless husband and wife of these new marriages, Lord God, the new marriages in the faith. Let these new married couples put you first in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Bless these new marriages with renewed and restored love, new and restored communication, new and restored intimacy, new and restored closeness, new and restored friendship. Bless new marriages, Lord God. We rebuke the enemy who would seek to destroy the Christian home. Let your hand be on these new marriages, Lord God. You've answered prayer. Continue to answer prayer, Lord God. There will be a counterattack, no doubt about that. But we hold our ground against the counterattack. We will not yield. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to pray a prayer again for a young man by the name of Caleb. This request came in several weeks back. and This is what it says. Please pray for my son, Caleb. He is in the Navy. He discovered, he's discouraged rather. He's discouraged and disappointed with his life. He says nothing ever works out for him. He has a wife and they have an eight-month-old little girl. 
and they are separated six months into their marriage. Caleb now says he doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe God is real, but a fable. And this prayer request concludes with the petitioner saying that her heart was heavy. We're going to touch and agree right now for Caleb and this family and this parent. The gates of hell won't prevail against this. Touch and agree with me. Lord, we just lift up this request right now, this young man by the name of Caleb who's serving our country, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for him. We thank you for his marriage and his beautiful child, Father. We thank you for his service to our country. We pray that you protect him, Lord God. But right now you see the discouragement and the disappointment with his life, Lord God. But Lord, you are the giver of life. You are the meaning of life. Your word says you are the way, the truth, and the life. Bring Caleb to the realization, Lord Jesus, that you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. Open up his eyes to the fact that you've come, that he may have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, you stand at the door and knock, and if any man opens the door, you will come in. Bang on Caleb's door right now, Lord God, so that he opens the door and lets you in. Restore his faith, Lord God. Do what's necessary to restore his faith. Don't let him remain a prodigal, wayward from the faith, maybe with a hardened heart, a discouraged heart, a disillusioned heart, Lord God. The enemy would love that, to keep him discouraged and disillusioned, disappointed, sorrowful, depressed. A mental death, a spiritual death, God forbid a physical death, Lord God. We pray against the forces of darkness right now. We rebuke them in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Christ over Caleb and his wife and child. Restore his faith. Bring him to the point where he believes. He believes, Lord God. Help his unbelief, Father. Give him revival in his soul. And only you know what it will take to give him that revival, Father. A new beginning of obedience. A new beginning of obedience. Give that to Caleb right now. Revival and restoration in his soul. Speak to Caleb's heart, Lord God. We want to get a testimony that Caleb has renewed his faith in you, that you're blessing his marriage. His life has meaning. He doesn't think so. But you know the plans that you have for him, Lord God. Plans to give him hope and a future. He may not think that right now, but Lord, you can change that. We commit Caleb and his family into your hands right now. Perform a miracle in Caleb's life. A miracle, Lord God. Reach out and touch him, Father. Your healing hand. Touch Caleb and his family right now. Give him a strong sense of your presence. Let him know that you're there. I pray for this parent, Lord God, whose heart is heavy. Lift up her head. Lift up her heart. Restore her strength so that she mounts up on wings like an eagle. Give her the sure footing of a deer. 
on slippery slopes, Lord God. You are our surety. You are our foundation, Lord God. Strengthen this parent. Help her to remain steadfast in prayer, steadfast in faith and trust. We thank you and praise you for the answer that we know is already on its way. Lord God, encourage this parent. Like the song says, even when we don't see it, you're working. Even when we don't feel it, you're working. Sometimes even when we don't believe it, you are working. I'm guilty of that myself, Lord, many times, doubting that you're working. But you are working. Restore the faith of this parent. Restore Caleb's faith that you care and that you are working. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. We have a request that came in last week. It's an anonymous request for a young person by the name of Madison, who is a prodigal. As she returned to the faith and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray for Madison. Father, we've prayed for a prodigal so far during this podcast. Here's another young person by the name of Madison, who for whatever reason has wandered from the faith. Your word says, Lord God, in the last days, this would happen. But it doesn't have to, Lord God. We pray for Madison, Lord God. There will be a great falling away. Heavenly Father, restore Madison so that she does not remain experience right now, Lord God. Speak to her as she goes to bed in the evening through the watches of the night. Speak to Madison in her sleep, through a dream, through a vision, through an epiphany, through your word. Any way you see fit, Heavenly Father, speak to Madison. Bring her back to you. Give her an upper room Pentecost experience where the rushing of a mighty wind fall upon her and she's filled with the Holy Ghost that will revive her soul, revive her faith, restore her trust, and strengthen her. We pray for Madison, Lord God. Bring her back. Bring her back. Convict her of her waywardness. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you that she's back on the road. Amen. And of course, we want to pray for Johnny. My dear sister is listening right now. Johnny's mom is listening right now. Sister, we're going to lift up Johnny right now. We did not forget. We did not forget. This young man, Johnny, lives locally in my area. And Johnny, as far as we know, is in bondage to alcohol. It's been reported by his mom that there are some changes that are taking place. Some miracles happen instantaneously and some things happen slowly. But God is working. God is working. And we're going to touch and agree and pray right now for Johnny that the work continue. Heavenly Father, we lift up. This young man, Johnny, right now, you know exactly where he is at this very moment at 8, 10 in the evening, p.m. On a Thursday night, Lord God, in Monticello, New York, you know where Johnny is. You know what he's doing and who he's with, what he's thinking, what he's feeling. We lift up Johnny that you deliver him from the bondage of alcoholism. 
The enemy would speak to Johnny's mind and tell him, have a drink, you need it. It'll help you cope. It'll help you de-stress. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Lord Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace, not a bottle. You are the giver of peace. You are our peace, according to your word. And salvation is found in no other, not in a bottle. And so, Lord God, we pray for Johnny's deliverance from alcoholism. Give him a distaste for it, Lord, to put it straight out there. When he takes a sip, let it be distasteful in his mouth, Lord God. Bring him to the point where he's sick and tired of drinking, Heavenly Father. Let your word get to him. Maybe it's a neighbor who's witnessing to him. Maybe it's a gospel track. Maybe it's Christian music that he'll hear words to a song. Whatever you choose to do, Lord God, do it, Lord. Do what needs to be done. Give Johnny, if necessary, a Damascus Road experience. Will you knock him down and help him realize that he has a need for a savior? We commit Johnny into your hands, Lord God, for his salvation, his deliverance and salvation, Father. If his body has been affected by the alcohol, begin to heal it, Lord. Begin to heal the internal organs, the liver, the jitters, Father. Perform a miracle. I've heard stories, Lord God, and testimonies where you've delivered alcoholics and restored them, blessed them, saved them, delivered them. Make Johnny a man of God. Save this young man. Make him into a mighty warrior, a man of God. We thank you in advance. I touch and agree with you, sister. We thank you, Lord, in advance. I pray for my sister, the mother of Johnny, that you continue to help her persevere in prayer and staying strong in the faith, not giving in, listening to the lies of the enemy. It's no use. He won't get saved. That's a lie from the pit of hell. We thank you and praise you, Lord, for Johnny's salvation. It's going to come. It's going to come. We pray that you put a burden in his heart to come to church. Speak to him, Lord God. Let him say, hey, this Sunday I'm coming to church. Touch Johnny's heart, Father. We thank you and we praise you. Amen. Well, we've come to the end of our time together at this podcast. And I thank you that you've tuned in. And I hope that tonight's podcast was a blessing to you. We'll be back on the air next week, Thursday, July 13th at 7 p.m. And until then, I encourage all of you who are parents or guardians of prodigal sons and daughters. If you're the parent of a prodigal in California or Utah or Oregon, if you're the parent of a prodigal in Wisconsin or Illinois, Connecticut or Massachusetts or Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Oklahoma, if you're the parent or guardian of a prodigal that you're burdened for. And you live in Rhode Island or New York, New Hampshire, Alabama, Montana. If you're the parent of a prodigal 
in Bosnia-Herzegovina, in Mexico or Canada or the United Kingdom, no matter where you are, in the United States, next door to where I am, or across the seas, if you are the parent of a prodigal child, continue in prayer, being watchful therein, and watch the road. Your prodigal, your prodigal son or daughter will be on it. Until next Thursday, July 13th, God bless you and good night.